And we're back for another episode of Startup Hustle, a podcast for entrepreneurs by entrepreneurs. If you want to start, own, or build a business, then you're in the right place. We bring you the real truth about what it's like to take something from concept to launch, from growth, innovation, experience, failing, or winning big, we've got you covered. So let's get down to business with another episode of Startup Hustle, brought to you by Fullscale.io. What's up, hustlers? Welcome back. This is Andrew Morgans, founder of Marknology, here as today's host of Startup Hustle. Today's episode of Startup Hustle is powered by Fullscale.io. Hiring software developers is difficult. Fullscale can help you build a software team quickly and affordably and has the platform to help you manage that team. Visit Fullscale.io to learn more. All this week on Startup Hustle, we're talking about various powers you can channel into your company. Yesterday, Matt Watson talked with his guests about the power of AI. And today, we're going to be talking all about vulnerability and the power of vulnerability. Today's guest, David, welcome to the show. Thank you. You're welcome. I was going to take an attempt at your last name, and I got chicken right at the end. So It's the silent H, so it's Corpenning. Corpenning. Awesome. Thank, Thank you. you so much. Uh, I didn't want to butcher it, but super happy to have you on the show. Calling in from Colorado, specific area? Manitou Springs. Manitou Springs. Okay. I know it's important. It's like uh, being in Kansas City and people saying, oh, you're from Kansas. And you're like, no, I'm on the Missouri side. Okay. Like it doesn't really matter to anyone not there, but to the people that are there, there's quite a bit of difference. So yeah, I, yeah, we have a I little absolutely get that. A little, little historic hamlet at foot of Pikes Peak. So it's a, it's a pretty unique little spot. Yeah. No, I totally get it. Honestly, the same thing in Miami. Like when you're not from Miami, I haven't been there. You're like, oh, it's Miami. And they want to tell you, no, it's Fort Lauderdale. Quite a bit, quite a bit of difference, you know, look for me, they're all a thousand miles away. So, um, no semantics, but, um, honestly, super excited about today's topic. Um, it's something that's honestly, very dear to my heart and intention. I've been, um, you know, working on mental health and uh, intentionality, manifestation, vulnerability, these types of things, at least um, with therapy for going on four years now, as far as on the professional side, but on, on my own side, just really digging into books, really, um, you know, trying to supplement what I've been learning there with my sessions and, and add to that. So, um, you know, I really believe that emotional intelligence as a business leader is is one of the most important skills. Logic is important. You know, intelligence is important. Emotional IQ and all the things that go with it are really the what separates the best leaders. Um you know, from the rest. So um, I would love to just start the show out uh, true to form, just getting to know, uh, you know, a little bit about yourself, um, you know, what got you to the point of being an author and wanting to write about this and really dig in and share it with the rest of us. You said a lot of like, it was your, you know, your past experience that brought you, you know, to, to, to some of this and the importance of it. Uh, where does your, where does your story begin, David? And I have to commend you on the fact that you said all that about your own mental and emotional health because as we were saying before the show started everybody pretty much everybody needs some degree of it so the fact that you've done the work that you've done is to be commended especially in your mid-30s 
So thank you. I needed I I needed it, and probably we'll just keep going for a long time. Yeah. So talk about a little bit of help. Sometimes some of us need a lot of help. Yeah. Um, you know, and growing a business isn't for the faint of heart. Like you know, especially if you're bootstrapping and you're trying to scale and you don't know exactly what you're doing. Um, it can make someone that's feeling healthy all of a sudden not be feeling so healthy. You know. So I love talking about it just as a. Uh, if I can be an example, you know, to anyone else thinking about it or whatever, I still feel very much like a strong person, a mentally strong person. I've been through a lot of stuff and, um, but it's changed my entire world. Like it's changed. Um, you know, I used to have bad sleep, uh, for my entire life. I'll leave it at that. And, um, you know, through therapy and mental work and things like that, I actually get rest now. So for me, it was a catalyst moment. You talk about these moments that make you like want to dig in or jump, jump in further. And for me, um, probably now two and a half years ago, I had that moment where I just started getting sleep when I used to not get sleep before and um, for, for, you know, my entire life. So it was like, that was um, a gift. And that was what motivated me. It's kind of like getting progress in the gym. You know, you, you start to see the muscles a little bit or someone compliments you and it's like, wow, have you been working out? And all of a sudden you're just motivated to get back in there, you know? So mm -hmm. um, thank you for that. And if I can share that with anyone, I think, um, all of us need need some of that here and there, uh, you know, at different levels. But 100% one of the best decisions I've made in a long time. Congratulations. And, and um, you know, I think we, one of the first contributions that Colton made to this book is he said, you know, I, I wrote two previous books. One is called Everyday Visionary, um, the guide to the practical life that you desire, practical life, right? And, uh, um and then I did the the field guide for what's next. And it's a very practical approach to creating some what's next intentions in important areas of one's life. And Colton said, Dad, we have to tee this up about our life. We have to be vulnerable. We have to show that, you know, it's been a journey for us. So we're not those people that are going to say, oh, you know, we just use intention, use this process. And, you know, we we're rock stars. We were, you know, we're flying around on G7s and the whole thing. So he was right on. And I think he comes through in the, in the first part of the book. He tells his story. I tell my story. We won't have to get into all that, but I will. I think the part that's helpful, since this is a show that um, is geared towards entrepreneurs, that I can talk a little bit about my entrepreneurial intention journey. And, um, for me, that started, I would say, up until my early 20s, uh, I was definitely not very intentional. I, you know, I, I took a lot of side paths and ended up having to go into the Marine Corps, uh, spent two years, barely two years in there. Um, as an entrepreneur, people can probably relate working for somebody else, especially, you know, the Marine Corps might be a little challenging. So I got out of there and in my early 20s, I started to think about, so what do I want to do that could make a difference? And back in the day, back in the early 70s, um, people that sold real estate, they were helping people to find or rent their shelter. And to yeah. me, that's like one of the top three things, food, top shelter, needs. and clothing, right? Now it's health, healthcare, that sort of thing too. But So I thought I had a noble profession there. So I started that in the 20s, and what comes with that in early 20s is that um, there were a lot of mo motivational speakers that somehow always targeted salespeople, and they loved real estate salespeople. 
Mm-hmm. So people like Zig Ziglar and Earl Nightingale, and there's a guy that's still around today, Tony Robbins. And they would put on these seminars and, and you know just talk about the importance of setting goals. And if you set goals and do a good job of it, you'll make a lot of money and you'll sell a lot of houses. So I wasn't really, that didn't suck me in, you know, that idea initially, because I, I didn't really need to do, do that. But it did, it did, um, gave me some impetus to create a financial independence intention. And so at 23, I sat down and I said, okay, how much passive income would I need in 10 years to be able to basically do whatever I wanted? And, um, and I came up with a number, which at the time, I think it was $3,000 a month. I thought I could live very comfortably on $10,000 a month. That number has changed, as you can imagine, mm-hmm. from 1970. I didn't factor in kids. So anyway, I did that at 23, financially independent by 33. And by the time I was 26, I had acquired 13 rental units, which isn't a lot. But back then, when you're 23 years old, it, it felt pretty significant. And so with that success, I decided to create two other intentions. I grew up in Akron, Ohio. I was going to ask, was this in Colorado or in somewhere else? Right. Akron, Ohio. Was, okay. Yeah. And so I create two other intentions. I, I'm very much an outdoors person, even, even back in my twenties. And so, uh, uh, Ohio for me just didn't offer the kind of dramatic outdoor setting that I, that I craved. So I created an intention to move someplace out West where I could have that experience. Not to say that I also wanted someplace a lot sunnier. And, uh, you know, I think we, we sit at about 300 plus days a year of sunshine and it's a lot less in Ohio. So I set those two intent. I set that intention. And then also I said, I want to get in a significant relationship. So by 26, I felt I was ready for that. And in a very short period of time, that happened. I met my now current wife of 44 years. Oh, congratulations. And <laughs> thank you. And, um, and moved out West, um, to Manitou Springs, Colorado. So what that did for me is those successes that I had early on really hooked me on the idea of creating intention. And um, I know that you know none of those things magically appeared. My wife didn't come falling out of the sky. Um, you know, magically, I didn't find uh, Manitou Springs, Colorado, and all these properties. Those properties I had didn't. It, it just, but I, I came to recognize that it did provide me a lens to look at all the opportunities that were being presented and say, no, not that one, that one, not that one, mm-hmm. that one. So, you know, with that confidence, I have pretty much been using intention now my whole life. And I think for entrepreneurs, it's, it's a pretty easy sell to say, okay, you have used, entrepreneurs use intention. They're, they're first thought and when they're going to start something is, okay, what do I want to create a product or a service? And, and so that is the first thing they create that intention. And then the one thing about entrepreneurs, typically you have to write a business. So you have to write something up so that you can talk to other people. Yeah. Your guidebook about it or whatever. Your guidebook, you have to bring employees on, you have to maybe bring on another partner. You have to convince a bank, you know, that this is all good. So uh, entrepreneurs have have already grounded in the concept of of using intention, and I would say what I'd like to encourage is 
you've used it there and that part of your life, consider using it in other important areas of your life. I love that. And I have a little bit to add in regards to, for me, just sharing where mine was. Um, it started, for me, my intention's always been like small, um, you know, not these big grandiose ideas. I, I dream much bigger now than I did when I got started with my business because um, I know and, it's and possible. And why is that? Why do you think that is? Limiting belief. Like, you know, um, I, I just had a lot of limiting belief, I think, and, and I didn't see the life I have now for myself at that time. I saw um, I was going through a divorce at 25. I found myself going through a divorce at 25 years old. I was heartbroken. Never imagined that for myself. You know, wasn't that was not my intention for sure. Um, you know, and as, as I was resetting it, it just became, okay, well, uh, my first intention is to, to, um, get out of debt, get out of debt and take care of myself financially, like financial freedom. And that was, that was the ultimate goal. Okay. What does that look like? Okay. So it was, it was a side hustle that turned into a much bigger thing. Um, but that intention was simply, I hate driving to work. Uh, it was an hour each way, um, 55 minutes. And it was the best the worst part of my day to start it and end it kind of, uh, it was just traffic, stoplight traffic. Um, you know, the drive back then I wasn't into podcasts at the time. I wasn't like, I didn't value my time as much as I've, I do now. And so I wasn't like maximizing every minute. It was simply trying to stay safe on the road and, you know, worrying about being five minutes late, you know, all the way there to work for an hour if I was late or something like that and getting written up about it or, you know, those types of stresses. And my intention was I want to, you know, take care of myself financially, I had a day job and on the side, I'm going to like do this thing to try to get, you know, myself secure. And what are the ways that I can remove this? What I felt like was the, the negative part of my day that I hated. And that was before 2020 and before those things where it was like working from home was not really as common uh, or having a, a job where I didn't have to drive an hour. Um, and so my intention was get out of that commute and, uh, you know, to get some security in the bank when I didn't have it. Um, and what was the one thing I could control when I was going through that divorce was like, okay, I can focus on and my And what finances. year was that? This was 2013. And at what point did you kind of cross over and say, okay, looks like I've, I've made pretty significant process progress or, or I've, it was, um, it was a year and a half later. It's pretty fast. I, um, I started reading a blog that said, instead of like, you know, picking up a side job at a bar, cause I'd bartended a bunch or done different jobs through college, things like that, you know, extra money, uh, on the nights or weekends. Cause I was going through a breakup, didn't have anything to do, was working a nine to five, as an e-commerce manager, what can I do with my free time? Well, I'll go work. Okay, I'm good at this. And uh, I was reading some financial blogs that were like double down on what you're passionate about at work or like what you think you might do or whatever. And I, I didn't have dreams of a business at that time, but I was loving e-commerce. And so I was like, well, can I just go find some more e-commerce gigs? I didn't know about gig, the gig economy or that that was out there. I started reading um, and I started getting these projects like off these like uh, consultant sites, Upwork, or Elance or little things like that. And that's that's ultimately how I found how I started getting these projects on the side that turned into enough to pay my bills. Um, you know, for a year and a half, I was making 
in Kansas City, Missouri, with a dude used to living like a band guy and very frugal, making a little over six figures um, with a very lean lifestyle. And that was enough to be um, not just help me get out of debt, but think about, okay, if I let this job go, will I have enough to be on my own? You know, and um, so I'm curious to have you now done this in other areas? I always, I yes, always sir. And question. I, and like I didn't definitely mean, rocked it. In that I didn't mean part. to take over, but I would say that um, my some of my hard points in this journey have been when I've accomplished an intention or a goal. Uh, you know, like let's say retire my mom or or get mom in a house and out of an apartment. That's been accomplished. I remember when I did that, and I'm driving around in the nicest car. I don't have to do anything crazy, but it's the nicest car I've ever had. And I'm like, my bills are paid, and my mom's good, and you know, why am I doing this now, if that makes sense? And I had to realign and, and set new intentions or, or new goals. And it's in that lapse of not setting a new one as I'm accomplishing another one, that realization that, hey, this intention, like, let's say you're like, I want to be in a healthy relationship. You find yourself in a healthy relationship in Colorado with passive income goal achieved. And you're like, what the F is next? Yeah. Right. And that's, that's been moments for me, like, honestly, it's not been the journey toward the intention. That's been the harder part of entrepreneurship for me. It's been, I set a big goal up there, then I get it. And then I'm like, I have to have another one. I need another one. You know, um, it doesn't have to be like an accomplishment or anything. It's just like, what is my why? And, um, you know, reshaping that. And because and, I have to actually believe it. I can't just set something out there that's like, okay, I want 10 more houses. For example, you're like, I got 13. That was it. Okay, I'm going to add 10 more. That 10, the extra 10 more is not nearly as motivating as the first. It's just like, ah, I needed a financial goal out there. I want to take my agency from 2 million to 3 million or something. That's, that's for Andrew Morgans, that's weak. I need something that's like got some passion behind it, got some why behind it. Um, and that's what motivates me. I'm very ambitious. I'm very like driven. But if I don't have that intention, it's like I have none of my superpowers. So um, oh, I like that superpowers. Yeah, it is. I have superpowers. If I'm dialed in, yeah, I, I have superpowers. I'm unstoppable. But if I don't have that, I'm floundering. I'm, you know, I'm spinning out. Can't figure out what it is. I'm not motivated to get up and work or handle the problems or whatever. It's literally black and white for me. Um, anyway, back back to the story because I just okay. wanted to jump in about like mine started so small as like I don't want to have this this driving traffic every day. I could be in the gym, I could be reading, I could be sleeping, I could be doing all of these things. Like I could be outdoors fishing two hours a day if I didn't have to do this drive, you know? And that just became an obsession for me to be like, I want to remove the two negative things in my life that I can control, that I thought I could control, which was two hours of work, of commuting that I was losing every single day and financial security. And then it's gone from there. But like, you know, um, yours started, yours were pretty big ones. I think your your initial ones were a lot bigger than mine at that time. Yeah, and again, it's certainly my luck there, and the fact that I happen to be in a profession where these people are, you know, Tony Robbins still around today talking about it, but that that they were talking about this concept and this idea, and I just was fortunate to just have three really positive experiences, and um. And then could really start on that journey. And I have I have weaved in intention and that since then into everything. My counseling practice was definitely about that. I mean, I would always first thing, baddest individual, 
or a couple, okay, what, what do you expect to have happened as a result of our time together? Start with there. And also working with organizations, that was my focus. I just wanted to help the CEO and the CFO and all those folks really consider how they want that organization to be. And I was, I was somewhat here between the lines, Andrew, this concept that you create the, you, you create an intention and then you, you make it happen. And then it's a question of what do I do next? It can be a little bit of a, oh gosh, I made that happen. Now what do I do next? And I think, I know that, that the process that we've dialed into is called appreciative inquiry. Have you heard of that? Mm-hmm. Okay. So what it is, is it's a focus on more your growth mindset versus the negative mindset. So for example, we have designed 20 questions that starts our process with the fact that, that what have you done that you love? What have you been really good at? When were the moments when you know, someone's saying, hey, it's time to do this else. And you're just saying, oh, no, I've got a little more time here to do, work on this. Or the people have given you feedback and they've said, Andrew, you're just really good at designing um, e-commerce sites. And, and so anyway, we have a process that, that helps people ground themselves in who they are and what they've been good at. And I think that, that the only third part of it, if you thought of a Venn diagram, and you had, you know, these are all the things that I love and I'm good at and, and want to, uh, would like to do more of. And then here's, here's the circle with all the things that I've been told I'm good at, I know I'm good at. And then the third circle is, if you're an entrepreneur, what does the world need? What kind of a product or service does the world need? And then it's just a matter of doing the research to plug that third one in. And then that middle part where they all cross over, the chances of you not feeling really good about all that you know goes into once you make that commitment you're down the road and all the shit hits the fan on stuff and if you don't have that touchstone like oh wait a minute i really did think about the things that i really really love and this is that and it is in my skill set even though maybe right now it doesn't feel that way but i have i can go back and use that touchstone as an entrepreneur or as a person to to feel better about it. And it can happen in a relationship. I mean, gosh, you have a tough relationship, and you, you know, and you decide how you want it to be different. Do the kind of the same thing. You know, what are your skills? What are your partner's skills? And um, and but then you gotta, you know, commit to it. Okay, this is I'm gonna I'm gonna go down the the path to make it happen. But I know why I'm doing it because I I really want to have this relationship, and I do have certain skills, and they have have certain skills. I love that. Before we, I have a question before I follow up. Shout out again to our sponsor. Finding expert software developers doesn't have to be difficult. Use the full scale platform to define your technical needs and then see what available developers, testers, and leaders are ready to join your team. Visit fullscale.io to learn more. For me, um, coming out of divorce and building my business, I put a lot of emotions and, and EQ in a box. Uh, you know, it was, it was a wreck. It was, you know, damaged, so to speak. It needed time. And I used my logic brain to get me far in e-commerce and the Amazon industry and what I was doing, just straight logic, just, you know, data, reverse engineering problems. Like I went to school for with computer science, things like that, just logic, logic, logic. And, um, 
but knowing all along, I'm self-aware enough to know that like, okay, this, you have to deal with this eventually, uh, you know, if you want to be in a healthy relationship and, um, you know, really setting your intention for people, like, you know, going into a friend's house, setting your intention before you go in there. What's my energy like, you know, what kind of energy am I trying to bring into their home? Same thing in a date or a relationship, you know, just being like, okay, is this, is the expectation literally just to have some fun and, and be social and get some social interaction? Is it to, you know, date to marry? Is it, am I looking for someone to teach me things I don't know in a relationship? Am I looking for someone that's, you know, going to just comfort me here so that I can take risks over here? Like, you know, what is that intention? And, and you'll be much happier with that. Um, but jumping from there, maybe you can help me make this leap. Like, where does that intentionality, um, or that intention. See, I learned a lot about intention in church. When you come into church, uh, I'm not as religious anymore. I'm spiritual. But when you come to church, you come with an intention. What are you trying to get? If you're trying to get something from God or the speaker or school or this yoga session or whatever it is, right? You you come in there. If you're looking to get something, 99 times out of 100, you're going to leave with something because you've like you wanted to get something out of it. And if you know that you're trying to get something out of it, you're there open, your mind's open, your eyes are open, your ears are open, your heart's open, you're like ready to receive something. If you're not in that point, rarely does it happen. I, I believe like, you know, um, you can get something out of the worst events or networking meetings or whatever, if you've set your intention to get something from it and then go get that. Um, where does vulnerability play in? I, I want to give that a, a chance to breathe a little bit and, and kind of hear your thoughts on that. How do you go from you know, having absolute focus, all in, dialed in, extreme focus and intention on what you want and, and anything that's uh, opposing that or a distraction from that, that's really what you have to learn about when you have no opportunity and then you get a lot of opportunities as your business grows as an entrepreneur. Now you have way more opportunities. You used to fight just to get opportunities. And now you have to say, no, this goes against my intention or, or my what I'm actually trying to get. Um, vulnerability has always been a... Uh, not a difficult subject, but a difficult thing to wrap my head around in regards to relationships in and out of business and, um, you know, when to be vulnerable as a leader and when to pull back and, and uh, you know, be strong and buttoned up. And, um, you know, how, do, how did how did vulnerability impact you in regards to your journey? It's, it's a really interesting question. I don't think I've ever been asked that one um, relative to the journey. I can, um, I don't know, you know, this is, there's a lot of different ways to, to enter that, but one that really just kind of comes up for me right off the bat is that I did, when my son was probably four, I just felt that I didn't understand the concept of unconditional love. Mm. Um, I grew up also in a very evangelical Christian family with a father who was gun, you know, balls to the walls, kind of evangelical. Mm. I am, you know, I'm an atheist. So I'm, I have the, the opinion that show me the evidence and I'll, I'll consider whether, you know, there's 100%. a God or not. So it's not that I'm saying there is no God. I'm just saying there is no evidence for a God. So, um, so that's, that's that little backstory there. But, um, I didn't, you know, the, we raise an environment where words. I'm sure you could say, I mean, that's a, that's a big litany that you get that everybody in the church is loving everybody. And I never felt it from my father. 
little bit for my mother, but you know, she just was emotionally stunted as well. So I ended up going and doing therapy with the therapist that my wife had just used and her best friend had used. And he was a psychiatrist and he, you know, we sat down in the room and he, I would tell him these stories and, and, you know, why I became comfortable with using the F word in her title is that I would tell him the story about how I, you know, grew up and, and he would just say, you know, that, and he would jump up and down on his couch and I'd go, huh, I guess maybe that wasn't such a good thing as I was growing up. So by, as a awesome. result of doing really intensive, both individual and then group therapy, I believe I finally got it. I can finally feel what unconditional um, love was um, for at least my my two kids and and for my wife. And I mean, it it just it's a it was a game changer to be able to have difficult situations with my kids whether it was my daughter wanting to drive to, to Denver to go to independent um, shows at 16, um, or my son you know, getting a call from the principal you know, pretty regularly about something, I could connect to that. I wasn't needing to be a disciplinarian or an authoritarian. I could just hold him in this, in this space of unconditional love and share with him maybe a story about you know, my experience. I didn't have to tell him, hey, you know, don't do this again because that doesn't go anywhere anyway. Mm. But there was this holding of my both uh, Colton and Chelsea in a way after I did that therapy that then, um, and there's a vulnerability to it. You know, I'm, I'm saying when that's part of it, you know, to be unconditionally loving of another person, you have to let, I had to let them feel, both my kids, my wife have to feel my vulnerability. And I think that's been really key to us, my wife and I moving forward. I mean, we have just a really genuine relationship. I mean, authentic, genuine. It's not like, oh, we got 44 years under our belt. No, I mean, she's the most incredible woman in, my, in the world, in my life. And she's done the work too. So I don't know if that answers kind of the question about. Well, no, it does. And I think that's something that is very confusing to people who raise an evangelical um, upbringing, not coming into it as an adult or a teenager, but like raising it. Um, you know, you have these people that are loved by so many people, uh, at least my family. And, you know, they're loved by so many people. Um, and you're loved, too, as long as you go there. <laughs> yeah, there's criteria. So uh, it's not unconditional. There's, there's a criteria. You don't know that until you test that. Uh, yeah. And it's a rude awakening in a sense. Um, and that can be, you know, hard to wrap your head around. Uh, you know, I think we talk about um, vulnerability and, and, and in the church, not to make this about church, but, you know, this is this is the experience, right? Is it, it, What is the catalyst that makes you want to learn about this or grow is um, in the church it was, you know, pray for your brothers and sisters and be vulnerable, confess your sins, you know, repent, uh, you know, talk about your faults so that we can be accountable for each other and blah, 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 followed by shame or judgment. Like, right. It was confusing. It was like, be vulnerable. And then okay. when you're vulnerable, get, get bashed about it. Um, and that was a confusing part because it was, it was like a cycle, just a very bad mental cycle. Uh, and then you leave that and you're like trying to figure out, okay, now I'm not in that community. I can't be as vulnerable, uh, but at the same time, being vulnerable out here doesn't have the same side effects. It's just a different game, 
to me outside of the evangelical church. Uh, you know, so you're trying to figure out what that looks like in business. Um, I think it's, I mean, if you're hiring us as an agency, a marketing agency, like, and we're, you're, you're the brand, you created the product, you know, but you're hiring us to help you with this thing, kind of like in therapy or anything else. Um, if you haven't one set intentions, we'll bring it there. Like, what are the intentions of like, are we growing top line sales? Are we looking at profitability? Are we trying to expand? Are we, you know, just trying to uh, look for a new avenue? What is our intention with this project? Is it just to rebrand and look good? Is it to actually be a profitable business? Uh, To get there, we need a lot of times to work through those problems. You need vulnerability. You need vulnerability on our side to say, hey, we missed this or I don't know this or, you know, I'm I'm not uh, privy to the to, um, you know, your customer segment yet. We need to learn about that. What are your cost of goods? Um, you know, what are your weaknesses inside the company? Yada, yada, yada to be able to help. Um, and in the same way, you know, we have to talk about from our side, we're not got superheroes or gods either. We have to be like, these are some of our vulnerabilities or some of the things that we can miss if we don't talk about it enough or this or that. Um, and there is this level of, okay, if I show them this weakness, then it makes us not look as great or buttoned up, right? It doesn't make us look as posh. Um, and when you know that people take, uh, you know, vulnerabilities for weakness at times, it makes you makes you worry. But when you really know that, look, there's no way we get uh, we, we hit these goals together if we're not that way. Um, it is definitely this dance that I still am, am trying to learn in regards to business and how that ties in um, to actually getting help. So I know that was a bit open ended, but to bring that kind of in from where I learned about it and then coming into the business world and trying to apply this as someone that's like learned these hard lessons kind of young about, you know, what that can look like around your loved ones, your caretakers, whatever, to now you're in business, you've learned all these different skills to cope, fight or flight, protect yourself, you know, vulnerability. Uh, and then you're trying to either get in relationships or bus- I think of business and, and dating very similarly. Like it's just a courting process. It's a dating process. It's a trust building process. You know, all of those things, communication, vulnerability. Um, how do you do that effectively? Um, you know, uh, and when you do and when you do it right, um, it can be very, very powerful. Um, you know, we get amazing results. Um, so that's like, that's how I would think about it in regards to just how that applies to me every single day. Like I'm going to have several calls after this podcast where I'm going to be talking to a business owner, uh, about specific situations just happens to be today where we're going to be talking about issues on both sides. Um, whether it's a growth opportunity, whether it's, um, you know, and there's going to need to be vulnerability. Like, so, you know, if I've had six calls today, I've got three or four where there's going to need to be vulnerability in play. Um, so for me, it's an everyday thing. Yeah. And I, I have found that if I'm on my best game, I ask the other person, what is your desire from this our exchange, whether it's, uh, you know, a friend that we're having a little, little rough spot or whatever it might be. And let's, let's start with figuring out a common intention. So if we can both agree, this is where we want to be. This is, these are the things that, that I would like to see happen after we've had this call and we've met, you know, I come, it's, and I, and I, it's hard for people to do it. It's in, and, and I think, 
a big part of it is what you're talking about, Andrew, is vulnerability. And I use this, I'm, I'm somewhat of a um, advocate for this new birthday wish um, process. So as you know, know I, don't, I don't know what we're talking about. Right. I'm, I'm okay. kind of creating this. It's a movement. Okay. okay. The birthday wish changing, changing um, situation. So, you know, you go to a birthday party and they set the cake in front of somebody and they put however many candles on the cake. In my case, it's down to one because otherwise we're going to turn the house on fire. But anyway, you put the candles out there and what, it, what, what do people say? Make a wish. You know, think about something you'd really like to have happen. But then what do we say when they blow out the candles? Don't, don't tell anybody. Mm. Don't tell anybody about it. Well, if you think about it, here you have all the people that really care about you, would support you, would help you make that intention happen. So I encourage people when they're in that process to say, hey, how about if you do share it? Because we're here to help you with this. But I think it gets back to people who are a little vulnerable. If I say, oh, gosh, you know, I'd, I'd really like um, my health. I'd like to, you know, work out more and lose 20 pounds. And that's their intention when they blow up the candles. And if they share that or are vulnerable about that, then um, it could it could be scary. Cause... I think it's it's pride. It's pride and, and embarrassment. I think we all have a certain level of that, right? And it's what if I tell them that I want to lose 20 pounds and then I eat this whole cake? Right. Right. Or I tell them that I want to spend more time with my friends or I want to do this. And then what if I don't, you know, what if so I don't? that's, I think you've really hit, you know, a pretty significant nail on the head, which is to really, I think, live an intentional life, consciously intentional life is that you got to take the risks. You have to share your intentions, what you really, really think are important to you with the people that can help you make it happen. And don't be afraid. I mean, you get, you have to start out with people. Like a lot of times when I talk about something with my wife, I'll say, okay, I'm kind of tender about this. So be easy on me when um, I tell you about this. So she doesn't immediately go, oh, have you thought about this? <laughs> that. You know, I say, no, no, just give me some space. And so she's learned that when I say that, that's kind of what I need. So it's a, it's a actually kind of a social contract, social process. And you find people that are like that, um, that can, can support you and being vulnerable about your deepest desires. Yeah. I have a best friend, uh, might be the first person in my life. We've been friends like six years now. We're business partners in a different business, uh, real estate, so property management rentals, things, Airbnb, short-term rentals, things like that. And uh, he, we 100% set our goals for the year, talk about what we're trying to get done, and we go and, and try to help each other do that. If that's taking a trip to Spain, if that's, uh, you know, seeing your mom, if that's, uh, you know, what getting healthy in the gym, you know, if that's whatever those goals are, we share them. Um, and we also have the practice of, taking one of those goals for ourselves. So if there's four of us sharing our, our goals, we each take one of, of the other person's goals and make it our own. Um, you know, you get to pick and choose. There's a lot to choose from. There's personal goals and business goals and health goals and things like that are intentions. Um, but it's a way of kind of sharing and checking off the list together. And um, Do you no find one that has been me. helpful when you, you know, that you've shared it? They like check in with you and say, hey, Andrew, how's that going with the trip to Spain? It's something that you have to learn because in the environment I grew up in, um, 
it was a lot of like that can't happen that won't you know a lot of negativity so sharing it literally only opened yourself up to negativity and all the why nots and have you thought of this and have you thought of this as i've accomplished more in my life i get less of that because people are like well shit he does what he says he's gonna do like you know and i have that reputation but before and you haven't proven those things and you're sharing those goals and it's just like you're really setting yourself up to be discouraged but i think if you're around people that you trust um that maybe you've accomplished some goals with you can have the, you have to know when to have that vulnerability right um but around those people very much so because i personally am a man of my word and i've tried my hardest to live a life that if i say i'm gonna do something i do it and um i have a pretty great record in that regard um and so for me uh if i post it on social media Okay, if I post on social media or if I tell I don't do everything, but if I set a goal or I'm going to do this or I tell my friends, I've now said out loud what I'm going to do. I set my intention, so to speak, and I don't want to make a liar of myself. So it's kind of like knowing my like little my little ticks or whatever matters to me. And like if I say I'm going to do something, I was raised kind of on my grandpa, kind of old school and. Yeah, a handshake was all we needed, you know, cowboy kind of mentality. If you say it, keep your word. You know, if I say I'm going to show up to help you move, I'm not going to cancel. If I say I'm going to be at dinner at seven, I'm going to be at dinner at seven, you know, that kind of thing. And in a world where everyone's so flaky and maybe and whatever, I think it's an amazing way to stand out as a young person. Um, and so for me, it's just been kind of my thing. And so if I say it out loud, maybe I want that little bit of embarrassment there or that pride there or that I will have to eat my words uh, to kind of motivate myself and stay and stay driven. So um, I just don't, I, I care. There's somewhere in there along the way, and I'll save that story where I stopped giving a fuck what people think. Like I just stopped. I had a, a big high and then had this big enlightening moment. And I was just like, I really, I still care, but in comparison to what I used to, I really don't. And so I really only care about the people that I have this vulnerability with, this trust. These are the people I care about. I care about their opinions. I care about letting them down. Uh, the rest of the world can go do whatever they want to do and look at me from afar. I don't really care, right? But it's these people I don't want to let down. And so, you know, it's I say it, and if those people see me fail, I don't care. The people around me will see me give it my all and try to make it happen, and I feel like they'll understand, you know. So it's it's kind of this these different things that you learn along the way that can help you in the other ones. And for me, vulnerability was when I had something to actually be proud of myself for. I had accomplished some of the things I said I was going to do instead of just talking about them. Um, it allowed me to be like, no, I'm just going to say that. I'm going to say that I'm going to get this. Like, you know, there's been things in my career, this big Amazon conference. I remember going the first year and I, I looked at my best friend, the same friend I was talking to. And I said, I'm going to speak at this conference, you know, and it's a goal. It doesn't matter. I could be successful and never speak at that conference. I could, you know, but it was a matter of saying it out loud and saying it to someone so that when it happens, I can be like, Ryan, remember when I told you I was going to speak here? Well, they just invited me to come speak, you know? And those are the things that now when he has, something that he wants to make happen, you know, he's going to remember that moment and feel empowered to say, to be vulnerable, to be like, I want to do, I want to do this and do it, you know, because we have that relationship between each other. So you're never able to look back and be like, I, I said I was going to do that. And I did it. If you never say that you're going to do it, you don't get that, that fulfillment from that thing, you know? Yeah. There's plenty of kind of the science behind the fact that once you write something down and that's one of the 
the things about our book is that we, you can see this book is, you know, it's got tons of pages that are, that are uh, you know, written in and torn out, right? And that's one of the things that we try to say in the book is write, you know, write your what's next, write the follow-up stuff, you know, write your, the people that you're going to talk to, write it down and tear that out. Put it someplace where it's going to remind you, whatever, on the dash of your car and your in your bathroom. Because just what you said, it's just another way that the brain starts to integrate this is what needs to happen in my life. So I, I commend you for the, the concept of definitely writing things down and sharing them. You found a, you know, a trusted group of people that you can, you know, talk to about that. And the one thing that we have found that I think can be helpful in all this is just a real chat can, you know, once you start on a road to, to do something important, there's a lot of detours that can happen. There's a lot of stuff that can get in your way. But if you can always go back to saying, why am I doing this? Oh, because I do love this concept of, like for me, um, I never thought I would do podcasts. I'm a research and writer. I love to sit at this desk that I'm at. And, and I've got Google Scholar open and I am just, you know, cut and pasting all of this stuff about whatever topic I'm in. So I love it. You know, I love that. So when Colton said, dad, we're, we're going to do these podcasts, it was like, hmm, okay. You know, what, what's that going to be like? And, um, and I would, you know, go back to the touchstone, which is, I love doing this project with my son. I, um, I, I'm really wanting to encourage people to use more intention in their lives. And I go so far as to say, I really believe that if we could all start using intention on a lot of you know significant issues, if we could get more on the same page, which with what, whatever we're talking about, world peace, um, the environment, um, social causes, if, if we can, if I can sit down with another person who's different than me um, about this idea, we can both talk about our general intentions for how we would like to see this area of the of the world different. I'm. I think it's we can make a lot of progress. I can't disagree. I think um, I've told something uh, to my friends before that I'm a very opinionated person. Uh, you know, mainly because I've thought about whatever I'm saying a lot before it comes out of my mouth. I, I think about, I just think nonstop. So even when I'm supposed to be chilling, I'm thinking about topics that I want to have an opinion on, you know, and that's just, that's just who I am. I'm very passionate. Um, my relationships mean everything to me, but I've said to my, my closest friends or whoever I'm dating, whatever, I will offend you. I'm sure I'll upset you without even knowing half the time. And I'm like, but if you will bring it to me and talk to me, about it like hey this bothered me or hey you upset me when um i promise you my intention is good like i trust myself to know that my intention with whatever i said was coming from a place of of, of passion or love or whatever and i misunderstood or i didn't realize that was happening but i promise you my intention is good and um with my friends with the ones i'm i love if that makes sense like i'm well, like there's there nothing are, in me that's back, that's back malicious ability again you know yeah it's... i'm, I'm you got to be not malicious to say, I said this and, and, you know, my ego thought it was the right thing to say. I just, I did that with my wife just the other day. I, I blurted something out and, and she, you know, kind of called me on it. And, and my first response was, well, why are you calling me out on this? I, I think it was, that it was fine what I said. But then as I thought about it, I had to say, you're right. I'm sorry. 
that was the wrong thing. And it, it made all the difference. She said, thank you. It's not yeah, like and I, I, I put, hang my hat on that. Like, I'm like, look, my delivery, my communication skills used to be shit. My delivery, you know, when you're not used to being heard, you talk a thousand words around a thing instead of a straight line. Sometimes you want to be, you want to be understood correctly. All those different things, you know, these are my insecurities, right? Uh, but I can tell you my intention is pure. Like I, I believe it to be pure. I just need to have communication around what that was or how do we work it out or whatever. And I think um, as long as you keep your intention right, the rest of it can kind of work itself out. You know, the delivery or the method or the, you know, if we're trying to get to good, we might both be coming at it from different sides. But if our intentions are in the right spot, like you're saying, with these big problems, you know, we end ourselves up there. And I think the same thing with with business, you know, just to bring it back to the startup puzzle community. Like if I'm getting on a call with a client that's upset, right, is it is my intention to establish our boundaries as a team because they were disrespecting my team? Is my intention to keep them as a client? Is my intention to just like hear them and and work it out? You know, what's my intention going in? What's their intention? If their intention is just to point fingers and blame, we're going to get nowhere, you know? Um, And what can be hard to be completely transparent is to be 36 and know this and talk to a 71-year-old that doesn't. And, you know, that's a realization too, because I'm like, I know nothing. I'm just barely, you know, figuring out business as I go. But some of these things are... um, you might need to be the leader at 36 in a conversation with a seven-year-old businessman that's worth 10 times what you are because, you know, just different paths and still be at a 101 in regards to communication or how to set things up or how to have conversations. So, you know, something to, something to always learn and a good reminder. You said, you said, if I'm in a good spot, I think you said, if I'm in a healthy spot, I go into a conversation and I say, what's our intention here today? You know, um, and I, I wrote that down. I think that's an amazing reminder to just start a conversation off that way. If it can go, you know, right or left or up or down and just say, hey, guys, what's our intention of today um, for this meeting? Let's let's keep it there. And um, I'm going to be using that today. So thanks for the reminder. You know, I'll, yeah. OK, so as we're rounding out, I could talk about this all day because this is literally yeah. one of my favorite subjects. It literally is. And I have a million stories for it. Um, but I like to end the show, um, with a couple of questions, like one, what's something that you're working on, uh, that you're really excited about, uh, in your business. Um, and that could be, you know, that could be the book that could be beyond 55 as a whole. It could be, you know, you can share a little bit more of that if you'd like. Um, and then second part is what's something you're excited about this year, either that you're working on or that you're moving toward personally. Uh, you know, off the clock, David, um, you know, in your relationships or with your son or travel or, or something like that. Um, yeah, the, the, the main thing that I'm pretty, that I'm excited about is trying to motivate people to use intention more in their life. And certainly the book was the first step in that process. And, and then this, you know, having these kind of conversations, I mean, you have, brought out of me different thoughts and ideas about the use of intention that I had, I would not have considered otherwise. So, um, and I'm hoping that listeners, you know, you got to provide a lot of different entry points into say a topic and maybe the entry point that you and I have been talking about, which is adding this vulnerability, being more specific about writing intentions, about bringing in a, you know, your, your, 
your tribe to be supportive. You know, some of those things may resonate with somebody in a way that then they say, you know, I, I know I've used intention because everybody has used intention. They've, they've, they've made things happen in their lives and either it was conscious or unconscious or they haven't thought about it in a long time. So, um, so that's part of these conversations uh, to, to kind of find all the potential entry points where people can consider using intention more in their lives. So this is a big deal. I do still, my wife and I still own a little over 50 doors and we have a whole team that runs those properties for us. And so I am getting more and more used to letting go and turning it over to the property manager and she makes decisions. And yes, we don't make as much money as I, if I was doing it, but at 71, I've got this project and, um, and I, I fly fish, I downhill ski, I golf three days a week, um, pretty hard. And then I like to have the time as I was saying to sit in front of my computer and think about things and make a contribution to the body of knowledge about different topics of interest to me. So those are two pretty important things. I love that. I love that. And where can people, if they want to, you know, we talked about the books, um, where can people find them? Where can they contact you? Is it LinkedIn? Is it your website? What's the best, what best way to get in contact or stay connected? Um, the F is next is our website. The F is next. And there's a space there. If they want to say, Hey, I let you reach out to you, David. Um, I'd even give you my email, david at everydayvisionary.com. And if somebody wants some help on how to move forward with any part of the process in the book, I'd be happy to do it by email. So there's that. And then the book is available both in Audible, Kindle, hard and soft copy on Amazon. Got it. And you guys know I love Amazon. Um, and if you like the book, uh, leave a review. It's the best way to help um, you know an author get more visibility uh, on all of those platforms. Um, and if you don't like it, just don't say anything at all, right? That's the golden rule. So um, no, you guys should check it out. Uh, it's been awesome having you on the show, Dave. I, I wish we could go another hour. Um, <laughs> I'll have to take you up on that fly fishing and, and pick your brain, uh, yeah. you know, why, why we're at it. But I really appreciate you being on the show. Oh, I've really enjoyed it, Andrew. You're a pleasure to talk with. Awesome. And and uh, to our to our sponsor, Fullscale.io, that makes all this possible, um, let Fullscale help. They have the people and platform to help you build and manage a team of experts. If you're needing to hire software engineers, testers, or leaders, they're the place. At Fullscale, they specialize in building long-term teams that work only for you. Learn more when you visit Fullscale.io. Hustlers, I hope you enjoyed this, this one, uh, The Power of Vulnerability. We'll see you next time. Startup Hustles brought to you by Fullscale.io, helping you build a software team quickly and affordably. Make sure you reach down and hit that subscribe button, then come find us on Instagram. See you next time.